for tuning in to It's Happening, a college career podcast hosted by staff from the Marquette University Career Services Center. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to season two of It's Happening, a college career podcast. My name is Gracie, and I'm a career counselor in Marquette University's Career Services Center. And I'm Maria Mostek, our associate director within the office. And today, to kick off our second season, we have a guest. Her name is Emily. Emily, can you go ahead and introduce yourself to us and just tell us a little bit about you, major, year in school, all that kind of basic stuff? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I'm Emily Cho. I am in the College of Engineering. My major is Mechanical Engineering. Um, This is my fifth and last year at Marquette. And yeah, I'm happy to be here. Mm -hmm. And so Emily and I met because we were both involved in an organization on campus called Global Brigades. Um, And so we actually went on an international service trip together to Panama. And so that's how I got to know Emily. And this year, we also worked together on another brigade. And that's why I thought she would be a great person to feature on this podcast today. All right. So to kind of just kick us off, since I don't even really know Emily, um, But I do know that you've been in a variety of leadership positions while at Marquette. Could you tell us just a little bit more about what you've done with those leadership positions or the co-curriculars you've been involved in? Yeah, so I think the the first org that I was a part of at Marquette was my sorority, um, which is Alpha Omega Epsilon. It's an academic sorority here on campus. Uh, It was actually founded at Marquette, which is kind of cool. And it's the engineering and technical sciences sorority. So everyone that joins is usually in the STEM field. Um, And that's kind of where I found my path here at Marquette. Um, I've held different types of leadership positions there. I've been on the executive board. I've been the professional chair. I've been the chaplain. So um, those are kind of like where I started off my leadership roles uh, as a little sophomore. (laughs) And... um, yeah, and I'm also in Global Brigades, like Gracie was saying, that's how we met. And I've been a part of that for like three years. And I only really recently in the past year became kind of a brigade leader. So me and my co-president, we ended up founding a chapter at Marquette. And that's kind of um, what me and Gracie have been working on for the past few months or so. And what do you, because I definitely know about or heard Global Brigades, but could you just give a little more detail about like what you did this this past winter? Yeah, so uh, Global Brigades, or we usually call it GB just because it's less of a mouthful. So GB is <laughs> actually, <laughs> yeah, it's the largest student-led movement uh, for global health. Um, and there are like five different chapters on our campus. Um, and each chapter is just one different part of what they call the holistic model, which is how they kind of um, go into different communities and work alongside them um, to promote global health. Um, so what me and Gracie did this past winter was we had a virtual telebrigade with community members in Honduras. Um, and we worked on designing a water transportation system to transport water basically from their well to individual homes, um, which was kind of gives them an opportunity to have water whenever they want, and then they don't have to walk hours and carry water back and forth from the well to their home. Yeah, it was a pretty a pretty cool experience and really amazing to how we could do so much, even though we were all in Milwaukee or wherever we were, wherever our homes were. So it was, it was a pretty interesting thing. Never done anything like that before, but I'm really excited to hear if the community actually decides to enact our plan and, and how that might improve their, their community 
um, and their health outcomes as well. So pretty cool. And I know that you were also involved with, um, there's a health chapter of the brigades. What are just sort of like the, the ones that are active at Marquette now, just in case our listeners are interested in getting involved. Yeah. So the five that are currently on our campus is the medical brigade, the dental brigade, uh, public health brigade, the business brigade and the water brigade. Um, so the, so I'm president right now of the water chapter. Um, but I have also been on a business brigade with Gracie last January. Um, and then I went on a public health brigade in spring of 2018. Nice. Um, so yeah. lots of opportunities to get involved if global brigades is something that sounds like you're interested in it. It's opportunities for all majors. So you don't just have to pick the brigade that matches with what you're studying. And um, there's lots more people that you can learn about from it on campus. So definitely reach out to me, reach out to Emily or any of the other org leaders that you can find on Presence, which is where you can search all of the Marquette student orgs. Um, one of the questions that I had for you, Emily, is you mentioned that your sorority was like an academic sorority. And I wonder if you could talk a little bit about how academic sororities are different from social ones, because um, that's something that I don't really know a ton about. And coming from the academic side, I, I think that would be pretty cool to learn more about. Yeah, so I think, like, the every every sorority kind of has its own, like, pros and cons, obviously, and it depends kind of what you're looking for in Greek life. Um, for me, I was really looking for a group of women in my, like, relative major, so, like, they didn't have to be mechanical engineers like me, but yeah. I just kind of wanted to have friends that were females, just because, you know, when you're in STEM as a woman, like, there aren't <laughs> that many of us, um, mm. so that's that's kind of mm -hmm. why I kind of seeked AOE out that's that I heard about it through a friend who was also an engineer um and yeah so I think what sets us apart like an, as an academic sorority from like more of a social sorority is that we do have like events surrounding like the professional world so I was actually the professional chair mm -hmm. last semester for my sorority and we held a um we held a panel of various people from either grad schools or from different companies and those people were kind of chosen based off a survey that I gave out to everybody kind of gauging all of their interests and so um, based off of everyone's feedback I put together that panel and we had like a two-hour long event where we basically got presentations from um, different members of you know companies or, or grad schools and they told us about their program or about their company and it gave everyone in my sorority an opportunity to kind of like either talk to them one-on-one -on -one after the event, which where they had channels and teams because everything is virtual right now. Um, and hopefully like get them, especially if they're freshmen or even if they're senior to get them thinking about their future and kind of like what they want to do and maybe even like discovering something that they didn't know existed before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds like an ideal uh, thing to be part of because <laughs> you get that community and like friendship and support, but also like, these events or programs that are catered right to your major versus um, those those maybe social sororities like you talked about, which I'm sure also wonderful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I don't know anything about it. I was not part of um, any Greek life as as a student myself. Um, one thing I'm realizing we kind of just breezed right over is kind of what we're talking about of. Um, you know, having Emily on and her variety of positions she's held within um, different student orgs and her leadership experience. Um, I, 
I'm hoping we can kind of tie this to mm -hmm. career as well. So you can definitely listen here and just learn more about student orgs. Um, I, I ha I'm curious also about like how you got involved, like what motivated you to do that? Because I think that's kind of a scary thing to think about doing as a student, like to take on any sort of responsibility beyond just your academics, which is a lot of work. So I'm, you were kind of smiling there, uh, which our listeners can't right. see, but and he said, was wondering if, if there's a story behind some of that. And you said that you got started like in leadership, maybe pretty young, like you mentioned as a sophomore earlier. Yeah. And, you know, so how did you see yourself as a leader and really put yourself forward for those types of opportunities? Yeah, so I think, like, just from the get-go with my sorority, like, I never really saw myself as, like, a typical sorority girl, which is, I feel like, what everybody says, right? And I think that, I think, <laughs> I think it kind of comes from, like, the stigma of, you know, what a sorority, what a sorority is, but I really don't think that there is anyone mm -hmm. that's, like, a stereotypical sorority girl. Uh, I think that that's just, like, a stigma that should definitely be broken, so that's kind of why I'm smiling, because mm -hmm. it's like, well, I never really saw myself as joining a sorority, but it's really, it's kind of just like my campus family so that's kind of how I got involved in the sorority um and then when you're you're only allowed to on, Mar on Marquez campus you're only allowed to join Greek life your second semester freshman year so that's when mm -hmm. I joined and you're not allowed to run for leadership right away obviously because you're just kind of like getting through the candidate process and everything but you are allowed to start running for positions your rookie semester, which for me was my first semester sophomore year. And my sophomore year, I got involved in a leadership position called chaplain, which is kind of like a conflict management role um, or just kind of an open ear for anyone really like with any issues or basically anything that they want to talk about within the sorority, within their personal life, their academic life. So I was just kind of that person. And the way that I got into that role was that's actually an elected position so I didn't run for it or anything it was just something that people <laughs> nominated me for and I got it so that's kind mm -hmm. of how I started my leadership experience within the sorority which was probably a good thing because you know I didn't really see myself running for anything right away but it's it's it was good to hear that like my peers kind of thought that I would excel in that position and then after uh, being in that position for a little while I was able to run for like several other positions that were a little bit like they're kind of more for the younger members because they aren't like as challenging like maybe fundraising chair or like planning our social events and things like that so that's how I kind of got started and then as I grew a little bit older and more experienced in the sorority I decided that I wanted to run for an executive board position which is there are five different roles on the executive board and I wanted to run for the membership educator position, which is the position where basically you um, kind of go through the candidate process with our new members um, and you kind of teach mm. them the things that they need to know about the sorority and you give them like small quizzes and <laughs> small homework assignments and things like that just to get them <laughs> thinking about the sorority sounds like a little bit of just uh, luck or fate or whatever you want to yeah. call it that people saw saw something in you and it really just kind of snowballed from there which is which is awesome but you also had to put yourself out there to join the sorority in the first place so mm -hmm. um, as we've been talking about in our office kind of like career lessons of like just try something because you never know what'll come from yeah it. yeah you never know when you put yourself in a different situation, what result could happen from that. And then the other two pieces that I think that I heard coming through in your, just telling us about your experience, Emily, is that like you might not see yourself as somebody who 
would be in a leadership person at first, but like other people might see you that way. And so to think about not just how you see your capabilities, but think like, could I become the person who might be a good leader? And if you think like, yeah, I think I could, then maybe you should run for a position or get involved in the leadership or e-board of whatever your student org is. Um, and then also what you said is that there's potentially lots of different levels of leadership. Like there might be a position where you could like a mm -hmm. kind of a lower one. Maybe you like take on to chair an event or um, get involved managing the social media for a club before you're on that executive board level type of position. But, you know, just to try it out and, and see, maybe you could develop more skills that you don't have right now. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting too, because like you said, it, it really just depends like on the time commitment that you're willing to put in. We, as as an academic sorority, we understand that school comes first, and that's, like, one really great thing about us as a group. Mm -hmm. um, but also, like, now as a fifth-year senior, like, it's kind of crazy that I'm kind of the person now that I, I see, like, new members, and I'm like, oh, they would do really well in this position. So it's kind of like mm -hmm. the roles are reversed now, which is pretty cool to see, like, even though maybe, like, the new people don't see themselves as holding leadership roles, like, I can definitely see them as doing that. So it's kind of a cool transition. Mm -hmm. passing on the torch <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and another one of the things that I know you're involved with on campus kind of continuing to link it back to career stuff is um, the co-op program within the College of Engineering so for those of our listeners who just aren't familiar with what co-ops are can you just kind of explain that really briefly and and how it's turned out for you yeah absolutely so uh, the co-op program is it basically adds on like either an extra semester or an extra year to your college experience so that's why I'm a fifth year senior because um, mm. I took off two semesters to work. So when you're a co-op, it's pretty identical to being an intern, um, except it's more of like a commitment. It's more of like an investment. You're investing into your company. The company's investing in you. And Marquette is kind of like the one who set us up in a way. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. So and as an engineer, like it's really good to get that industry experience or like research experience if you want to do that. Like there are definitely many routes to go. I just chose to do the co-op route partially because, you know, they also like pay you pretty well. Like you're getting paid like an engineer would be getting paid. So um, mm -hmm. if you're struggling with like financially, that's another thing that the co-op program kind of helps with. Like I don't come from like a super large income family. So I use a lot of my co-op money to like pay off loans or to not have to take out as many loans. So that's just like another perk of the mm -hmm. co-op program that I've found. And you work full-time, too, in co-op, Yep, so right? you basically take off two semesters. So two of the semesters that I've been at Marquette, I didn't take any classes. I was enrolled in, like, a one-credit co-op course. And you work 40 hours a week mm -hmm. at the company that you're at. And as a result... And where oh, did you work? <laughs> Go oh, ahead. No, you <laughs> Classic, like, cutting each other off on the, you know, <laughs> the virtual yeah. meeting vibe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, could... I, I'm curious, just for my, literally my own sake, where did you work and what kind of things did you work on? Yeah, so I work at a company called Lucas Millhaupt. It's a brazing solutions company down in Cudahy. So I was able to commute for my uh, campus apartment, which is kind of nice. The reason why I applied to that program specifically was because it was rotational. Um, and mm. as like a mechanical mm. engineer, like I don't really know, I still don't really know exactly what I want to do. Um, but going through, yeah, but going through a rotational program really kind of like gives you a lot of different experiences. And based off of those experiences, I've been able to at least like narrow down what I do, what I do like and what I don't like. Um, and yeah, I've just kind of gotten into the groove of things. I've been there for gosh, like two and a half years. 
Um, and I, I really do like working there. And I've done a lot of really cool projects, like with machine design. I've been in the new product development um, department. I've been in process. And I've been able to do a lot of really cool things at that company. So, Yeah, rotational programs are great. It's very normal to not know what you want to do when you're graduating from college. That's so. for sure. But, <laughs> Yes. And so we started this conversation talking about your leadership experiences and now hearing about your professional accomplishments. And, you know, I think you are going to continue working with your same company post-graduation, if I'm not mistaken. What are some of those lessons that you feel like you've learned from your leadership experiences that help you out in the workplace now? Yeah, I definitely think that the biggest thing that you can really take from a leadership position, like as a student org to like your work life, at least for me, was like confidence um just because going into school and everything like I I definitely just kind of like didn't want to hold any leadership positions I felt like maybe there were other people that were better um and I can just kind of be like a really good follower or I could be really good at doing tasks that I'm given um but I I think it's super important to at least be able to be like an independent learner and and beyond that even like be able to help other people learn um and I think that that, transla- that translates really well into my work life because um, not only just through my student orgs, but also just like being at the same company for so long, like I have kind of learned, like I've gotten comfortable in my shoes there. And I think that like my, I think that I've always been able to do the things that I can do now, but maybe I just like didn't think that I could, or maybe I thought that like people always had to double check my work or maybe um, like someone else could just like think of something better. So I think that that's definitely the number one thing for me is like building confidence and like you can do whatever you want to do as long as you're one interested in it and two you put in the effort. And then beyond that, like good communication is also really important. Um, A lot of people have this like idea that, you know, scientists and engineers like don't really know how to communicate um, because we're (laughs) awkward or, you know, whatever that kind of stereotype is. And sometimes that's true, you know, but like... Mm -hmm. I think that everyone has the ability to um, learn how to communicate their ideas, learn how to either be brief when you need to be or, you know, give detail when you need to, um, but also be able to, like, listen and be able to hear other ideas. Um, just because, you know, when you're an engineer, at least in my experience, collaboration is super important. You hear a lot of wacky ideas, but sometimes, like, a wacky idea can become an idea that's super feasible and maybe even, like, the best idea. So. Yeah, and thanks for sharing that and, like, saying, I know that sometimes maybe feels, like, a little bit much to say that, you know, you've grown and gained more confidence, and I um, I started actually as an engineer, definitely not trying to make this about myself, <laughs> um, but I can relate, there's definitely, like, majors where if you are not the majority in the classroom that... Um, I think that can affect confidence too, like while you're pursuing whatever degree it may be. So whether that's, um, you know, a woman in STEM or, you know, uh, a male as a nursing major, like wherever you're, you're not fitting as the majority, sometimes it feels harder for sure. And so that's a great tip to like, just kind of put yourself out there, maybe take on those leadership roles to to like gain that that confidence in a place where it's really pretty safe and the risks are pretty low yeah and that actually (laughs) reminds me of something that I learned in my story actually but um Mm. there's this there's this like phenomenon that happens sometimes with women in STEM and like other majors as well 
Um, and it's called the imposter syndrome. And basically, for mm-hmm. people who don't know what that is, it's like you're basically in this position where maybe you don't look like you belong or maybe you don't feel like you belong. And sometimes you just don't think that you're really right for this type of field or you're not right for this type of major. Um, and I think, like, definitely being in these leadership positions, like, it's helped me realize, like, one, what that imposter syndrome is into like how to overcome that because mm-hmm. it's definitely more of a psychological thing than anything else um and just like being able to recognize that you're able to do whatever you want to do as long as you're interested and as long as you put in the effort um in the end those are the two things that I think really matter the most yeah great tips for sure imposter syndrome exists in all all spaces and with all sorts of people That's for sure. and I um, we should it's almost talk about yeah, that in a future episode a whole, yeah right <laughs> yeah we totally could <laughs> definitely uh, well thanks because it's thanks so much for your time sorry, today sorry yeah I'm, Marie and I are stepping <laughs> on each other's toes today it's fine you know first episode back after a long winter break we're getting back in the groove um, but thanks so much for your time Emily it's been a really great conversation and I really appreciated learning about you about your leadership experiences and of course wish you all the best in your future endeavors um, post-graduation so always know you're you could come back as an alumni <laughs> guest sometime too if you want Perfect. thank you so much for having me this is a really cool podcast and i hope that you guys can get a lot of viewers <laughs> from all the career services center staff at marquette university in milwaukee wisconsin thanks for listening definitely i hope so too all right thanks all right Bye. talk to Bye. you later